Welcome everyone to the first episode of what we hope will be a weekly Servants Church podcast. This is going to take the form of a question and answer session. You guys will hopefully be sending us in your questions all about the current times and anything else that you're interested in. And we're going to do our best, uh, John and I, to have a little back and forth here, keep things fun and natural, but answer your concerns and keep it all about Jesus. So, John, why are we doing this and what can people expect as they tune in week to week? Well, uh, before we say why we're doing this, we probably should identify ourselves because obviously mainly this is for uh, our church family, for Servants Church, but they may have friends who watch it or friends of friends. And just to be clear, so uh, I'm John. I'm the pastor of Servants Church. Uh, I've been uh, studying and teaching the Bible for almost 30 years. And uh, that doesn't make me an expert, but but someone who's familiar with the scriptures. And so we feel fairly confident we can do this. I'm also uh, getting my master's degree in theology currently. Ben is the church administrator, uh, doing a great job, Ben, with the church administration. Thanks, bro. Um, and obviously a natural broad- broadcaster as well. Uh, and uh, Ben is also doing a theology degree uh, with Union Theological Seminary, mm-hmm. and uh, and so these things are unfamiliar to him either. So so what we really want to do is uh, we're, we're wanting to tackle your questions. We're wanting to to deal with the things that come up. I've been on the phone, I think the last couple of weeks, I must have been on the phone for 25 or 30 hours. And almost every question uh, sort of uh, led on to something about, well, what does this mean? Does the Bible say anything about the COVID-19? And it kind of made us realize there's a lot for us to discuss that I could have maybe the same conversation that took hours uh, with several people, or we could start kind of dealing with these questions um, through uh, this podcast. So Mm. that's what we're doing. Great. So yeah, as, as we work through, this will be a, a platform for you guys to be listening in and, and hearing what we have to say on, on your issues. So John, you mentioned COVID-19. Obviously, that's the big thing at the moment on everyone's lips. Um, we're in this panicked state, a, a global pandemic. People are forced to stay at home and be isolated. Um, what, what are people supposed to be thinking about this? I mean, should we be questioning? Does, does God even exist? Some people might wonder if there's mm. massive disease going on like this. Yeah. Other people might be even attributing this to some kind of wrath of God. Is this his judgment sure. on us? Have humanity sure. done something wrong? Yeah, I, I think those are natural questions. I think they're valid questions. And I think one of the things that's important for us to understand is that uh, when it comes to asking questions in a crisis like this, or even just in something even more localized or personal crisis, it's natural to wonder, well, where's God in this? What's God have to do with this? And I think some of that's good. Uh, In fact, a lot of that's good. One, it kind of shows that we would assume if there's a God, that he has some sort of control over this. And we're going to talk a lot about this in these podcasts. Um, Another issue is I think um, with these kind of crises, it's, it's typical for us to see something that we know we can't control. And in a way to find control, uh, we tend to uh, look to see how this issue might validate what we're at, what, whatever our worldview is. And so one of the things that you, you probably are hearing, people are probably hearing on the radio and on TV, is uh, uh, politicians and pundits uh, coming out and saying, you see, this proves that we need X, Y, and Z. Or uh, this is the reason why we voted for A, B, and C. Or this is why we told you we, you can't trust so-and-so. And, and, and all this is a, a, often a, a chance for us or, or a, a, a desire of ours to find some kind of control and to, to think, that this, how does this validate my own worldview? So that's what Christians and non-Christians do. In fact, another thing that kind of happens is we tend to, to some people tend to take opportunities like this 
as opportunities to get out their worldview, to kind of sh- spread what they believe. So mm. we're in a, we're coming into a time uh, in, in the world history and global history where you're going to see, especially because we have mass media, we have internet, which is great. Uh, but one of the things we're going to see is everybody propagating their ideas. Mm. And there's going to be dozens and dozens of ideas out there. And so I think mm. what, what we really need to do during this time is say, okay, if we want to ask the question, where's God in all this? Uh, where's God when we suffer? Where's God with the COVID-19 uh, virus? Uh, we need to go back to scripture, of course, but always we need to go, we need to go back to Jesus and, and see what does he want us to believe about these kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you, you, we've spoken already a bit beforehand about these phone calls you've been having as, yeah. as you've run through contacting the church members. And I, I've seen as well just on social media all the different things that Christians especially are, are propagating in their worldview. And we've seen, uh, we've noted a lot of that is to do with end times theology, um, eschatology, and, and how things are panning out if we are very close to the end now to Jesus's return. So that, that's mm-hmm. what I want to ask just to ease our listeners into some of the questions they've been having about that. Um, is it something we should be fearful about the, the future? Is that something that um, we should be concerned about and interested in? Well, that's, that's a good question. And it's also a big question. Uh, eschatology, that big word that you use there, is, uh, is, a, is a, a stream of theology that deals with the end of all things, or really the consummation of all things. And it's a, it is something that's very, very important. There's not a single book in the New Testament that doesn't deal with this. Jesus spoke a lot about this, uh, 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 Matthew chapter 24 and, and even 25, uh, Mark 13, Luke 21. Uh, all, these, all these gospels, we see Jesus talking about uh, the things, the end of, of, of days. A big part of this, uh, of eschatology, is us recognizing the fact that Jesus is coming again. One of the things that all believers, all Christians believe, is that Jesus is going to come again. And so eschatology studies What's it going to be like when that happens? What are the circumstances around that? Um, uh, what, what kind of signs might there be that would tell us that Jesus is coming soon? And it's a massively big topic. And I think it's really, really important for us to understand as a church family that there are radically different uh, ideas and interpretations of Scripture about how these things come to pass. And we're not talking about just different ideas in, in sort of some fringe groups. People who love Jesus, love the Scriptures, want Jesus to come back, have radically different ideas about how we interpret these things. And so it's important mm. that we remember that and recognize that and give each other grace sure. as we're wrestling through these things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so as, as a basis there, I think most Christians could definitely agree just from Scripture that Jesus is coming back and some things will be associated with that. But beyond that, I think you were just picking up on how there's very little general agreement here. There's still so much debate. One of the things we will be looking at in future weeks is more specifically um, your guys' questions on correct interpretation of Scripture and and the symbolism in in Revelation, things like the Antichrist. But before we get on to stuff like that, what do you think we can be certain about, and what is it less important to be you know, overly dogmatic about to make a really real point about. Yeah, I, I think we'll have to wait for future uh, podcasts to talk about how we discern what's more important, what's less important. I think in a general way, we need to say all scripture is important, but all scripture isn't equally clear. So we could say all scripture is equally important, equally inspired, but not all equally clear. And so we need to be honest about that. Uh, but we also need to kind of go to things that are clear that we all know. And one of the things that Jesus brought up often was this issue of us being ready. 
Uh, and so he wanted us to be ready. And so, in fact, some of the questions that came in is, is at what point do I talk about these things or how do I talk about these things? Because uh, if the Lord is coming back soon, I want my friends to be ready or I want the people that I know around me to be ready to meet Jesus. So how do we warn them? And that's a valid question. That's a really valid question. Yeah. Um, another thing that kind of came up, and these two things are connected, was um, was the idea, but what about warning people uh, about uh, this this danger uh, that might be coming into the world, uh, into our world uh, system? Uh, what about uh, um, things that, that might be deceptions? And we will cover some of those things um, in future episodes. But I think, I think really the big issue, the thing that's most important uh, is that we get Jesus right. Yeah. In fact, it's interesting, uh, we won't get into this today too much, but in Matthew 24, when, when Jesus starts talking about the end of all things, he starts talking about the destruction of the temple and, and these kinds of things, and, and the disciples say, Lord, when are, when are these things going to be? When is when's going to be the sign of your coming? Um, that, that one of the first things Jesus says is don't be deceived. In other words, the, one of the things that's common to um, the age of the end, uh, which we'll talk about uh, a bit, uh, is is the fact that deception's there. And I think it's also important we recognize with that that this kind of the end of the age is is the idea of um, this age that sort of, um, or, or it's, it's talking about a time period between Jesus' first and second coming. And so there's a whole lot that's dealt with in there mm. that, again, we can't do in one podcast. But at the end of the day, what we really need to do, first and foremost, everyone needs to do, whether you're a Christian or you're, still kind of investigating these kinds of things, is we need to know what it means to be right with God, what Jesus has done to make us right with God. It's interesting because in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, you have Isaiah the prophet is called to go uh, to preach to Israel and Judah. And there's a situation where uh, uh, Israel, the 10 tribes that that kind of have broken away from the Lord, uh, they're going to be invaded by the Assyrians. And Judah is not uh, broken by this. Instead, they're, they're kind of, uh, yeah, great, wipe out the bad Israelites because we're Judah, we're the chosen people. <laughs> and so God's going to chasten them through this. And so there's kind of some debate uh, within their group about, well, what's going to happen? How's this going to work? And so God tells Isaiah, look, here's what I want you to do. And I, I want to read this, uh, read this to us, uh, to, to you, Ben Osley, but to, to those who are listening. Because uh, it really kind of outlines... Really, there's two understandings of history that we have to choose between. Um, And one is about seeing ourselves as kind of victims of human conspiracies and an evil uh, world system that we can't do anything about. And the other is seeing ourselves as recipients of sovereign grace, Mm. that we we, we, uh, serve a God who's in control, that God is in control, and he knows what he's doing, and he knows how he wants to work this together for good. And so let me just read to you uh, from uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 8, verses 11 to 13. It says, For thus says the Lord uh, to me with a strong hand, this is what Isaiah said, and instructed me that I should not walk in the ways of this people, saying, this is what God says to Isaiah, he says, Do not say a conspiracy concerning all that this people call a conspiracy, nor be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled, he says. The Lord of hosts, him you shall hallow, or see as holy. Let him be your fear. Let him be your dread. Now, what, what the Lord is saying to Isaiah to, 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 in his approach to the people is not so much that, Isaiah, you need to be afraid of me, but to say, Isaiah, if, don't be so concerned with the opinions of the people because they're going to be massive. They're going to be varied. You be concerned with my opinion. 
You see me as I've revealed myself to my people to be as the sovereign creator of all things. Mm. Now, this is echoed by Jesus. He says a similar thing in Matthew uh, chapter 10. Listen to this. Jesus said, Do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. That's fear God. Uh, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them fails or falls, sorry, falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Hmm. So we were talking about this a little bit yesterday yeah. and about the fact that it's very easy for us right now with different opinions from different politicians, different uh, 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 different news sources, different media sources, all throughout the internet. There's all these different things. And, and I, I want to say too that just because someone has a conspiracy theory doesn't mean that they're, they're crazy. It's natural for us to think what's going on? What's behind this? Because there are things that are so beyond our control. We want to know what's behind that. So someone's, someone who comes up with this theory or that theory, they're not like crazy or nutters or we shouldn't kind of just dis, be dismissive of them. They have mm. real fears and, and they're wrestling with what, what are the answers to this? Yeah. And so really what Isaiah is saying or what God's saying to Isaiah uh, applies to us because it fits with what Jesus said. We shouldn't be afraid of, of who's going to kill us or what disease is going to take us out. Mm. What we should be most concerned with is the God that we face on Judgment Day, mm. the God who actually determines um, what our, our eternal destiny is, the God who actually wants to have a relationship with us. He values us more than anything else. So why would we fear something that's temporary, death, which is a temporary thing, really, when we can fear, well, we should really be fear or be concerned with God, who's eternal, who knows exactly what he's doing. And interesting, because he continues to say in Isaiah chapter 8, he says that God will be a sanctuary but a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both houses of Israel and a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble, they shall fall and be broken, be snared and taken. And, and here he's kind, of, he's kind of saying, God's kind of saying to Isaiah, there's also two options for response. We either can see God as our sanctuary, the place of refuge, or we can see God as our stumbling block. Mm. And I think this kind of goes back to what we were saying when people are asking a question, understandably so, why does a God of love allow these kinds of things? And so yeah. we see the evil in the world. We see the lack of control in the world. Uh, we see the, the, the extent of this crisis. And we think, God, how can this be? How can I trust a God who allows these things to happen? Mm. And so therefore, God himself becomes a stumbling block. But really, we have a choice here. Are we going to see God as that stumbling block? Or are we going to see God as that place of refuge, that sanctuary, the mm. place we can go to hide? Yeah. Because in sending Jesus, this is what God has offered to us. In fact, Jesus talked about this issue of stumbling blocks, didn't we? We talked about this yesterday too, didn't we? Sure. In Matthew, in Matthew chapter 21, Jesus tells this parable to the religious leaders of his day who didn't believe that he was God's chosen king, didn't believe that he was the Messiah. And he challenges them after he tells this parable about uh, uh, these, these uh, wicked farm uh, laborers who take over the farm from the owner of the farm. Uh, he says to them, have you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builder rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it was marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you, that's the religious leaders, and be given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. So Jesus uses some pretty heavy words to say to the religious people, listen, you, you don't believe me, 
because of your own theories, because of your own idea of how the eschatology is supposed to come to pass. Mm. And Jesus is saying, you don't get it. This is about me. Mm. He's the stone of stumbling. So he's, he's, in one sense, he's definitely saying that he's God in, in human flesh. He's definitely saying that. But he's also saying, I'm the one that you're going to stumble over. And so in a sense, he's kind of echoing what Isaiah said was, you have two options. Yeah. You can see me as a sanctuary, as a refuge, or you can see me as a stumbling block. Mm. But it's not a stumbling block that you can kind of kick aside because it's a block that will crush us to powder. Mm. That's really heavy, but it's not, it, it's, it's not uh, any heavier than it's ever been. I think what's happened with this COVID-19 virus is that we've kind of realized, man, we really aren't in control. Yeah. And that's scary. The good news is, is that Jesus is in control. Yeah. Not only does he know the future, and we'll talk about what we can understand that he said about the future, but he controls the future. Yeah. He's sovereign. God's sovereign over all things, and he controls the future. Mm. You can really see that through, especially the scriptures you've just been bringing out. It's very servants-esque of you to refer to lots of scripture. That's, that's what we do. Keep it about Jesus and yeah, the Bible. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that is a real hope that we can be preaching to people at, at this time to kind of ex- exchange what what could be for the Christian, become a relentless search for conspiracies to, to figure out all these things, to, mm-hmm. to pinpoint times, people's locations, these kind of things. And for non-Christians, worrying, just having that fear about what's going to happen to their life, their, their friends, their family, mm-hmm. you know, older ones at, at threat from this thing. So can I get you to just uh, finish off with what would be your key thing for people, um, for, for God's body, for, for the servants, church people, who are wondering how we process all this and what's it important to focus on most of all? And also what's the key thing for anyone who might be listening who doesn't know much about this stuff yet? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think the key for, for all of us is to, um, to keep Jesus at our forefront. Um, uh, the scripture tells us in, the, in Hebrews chapter 12 that we should uh, be looking unto Jesus. It talks about running the race with endurance. It talks about sort of living this life uh, as a marathon runner treats a race, you kind of, it takes a lot of endurance. You have to just kind of keep going. Uh, but it says, do that looking unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. And so I'd really want to encourage uh, those that, the, in our church family, people in Servants Church, and let's keep our eyes on Jesus as we're processing what these things mean as we discuss these things. Yeah. Let's remember he's always our hope. In fact, the Bible describes Jesus as our blessed hope, his return mm. as our blessed hope. So we have something to be excited about, no matter how tough it might get before that happens. Um, and I think with that, with Christians, I'd also say we have to have a good theology of suffering. In other words, we have to believe that because we have we serve a God who, in taking on human flesh, entered into our sufferings. He's, he was tempted in all ways that we are, except without sin. He didn't fall into sin. And, and he knows what it means to suffer. Every way that we possibly suffer, Jesus has experienced. He understands that category of suffering. Yeah. And so we have to be willing to recognize that he understands, that he has compassion, and that he calls us in following him to be prepared to suffer in some of the same ways. But ultimately, we have this great hope. Yes. We have this really great hope. And I guess I would say to people who don't yet know Jesus to say, well, we're, we're, what's your hope? <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't mean that to, 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 uh, uh, try to take away any kind of comfort you might be trying to find, but just to, to offer some eternal comfort. Where, where is their hope? Is our hope really in the government's getting it right? Do we really think that's going to happen? I mean, what's been our experience thus far? I mean, I don't know that's going to happen. <laughs> Uh, we're really thankful for how our governments are responding. We pray for them. We give thanks for them. Yep. Thankful for government agencies like the NHS, yep. 
yay NHS, we love them. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but the truth is, is that is that really our hope? Is our hope they're going to come up with a vaccine? Well, what if what if we don't make it that far? Or yeah. our loved ones will make it that far. Mm. So the hope that we need to have is a hope that's bigger than death. Yeah. And there's no one but Jesus that gives us that hope. Yeah. Amen. That's that's wonderfully encouraging. Thanks, John. We do worship a God who is in control, has been for all of history, and knows the future even even more so. So we're going to close it there for this week. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And I would encourage you to check out our live stream. We um, stream our Sunday services. You can tune into those. Search YouTube for Servants Church Norwich, and we'll start from 10.30 in the morning. And also check out our website for uh, to find our details, to contact us, to send in your questions that you want John and I to discuss. Uh, and as we go through the coming weeks, we will be wrestling through more detailed and deeper aspects of, of eschatology and anything else you guys bring up. So we're going to get deeper into the, some of the relevant passages on this stuff, definitely revelations. I know I'm looking forward to it. So you'll find all those informations on the website. That's servantschurch.org.uk.